Welcome to REI Spotlight with your host, David Schwan. And today's guest is Brian Burke, President and CEO of Praxis Capital. Started in 2001, and they have grown to over $500 million under management. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, Brian. Um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, hopping on the show with us today. Uh, give us just a little bit of uh, a 30,000 overview of, uh, of your uh, real estate career so far. Well, geez, that's uh, thirty years from thirty thousand feet is a is a broad spectrum. But it, you know, it, it all it all first started like a lot of people start in real estate is just flipping one single house or buying one rental house, you know. And it's it was no different for me. Uh, it was uh, nineteen eighty nine when I made my first real estate investment. I didn't even own my own house yet. Uh, I managed to grow. Uh, you know, buy, fix, and resell single-family business over the subsequent decade, and and then uh, you know I really started uh, growing that. Uh, come around, I guess it was around year two thousand. We really grew, and then you know the market collapsed, and all that stuff happened, and I kind of saw that coming. Backed off just beforehand, and kind of didn't didn't have a lot going on for a couple of years, and then the market tanks, and it was like, great, here we go. It's time to have game on, and uh, you know, and uh, when the recovery started happening, we started going gangbusters and uh, man, we were flipping a hundred houses a year and buying rentals all over the San Francisco Bay area and buying multifamily in, in Texas. And now we're buying multifamily all over the U S so it's been, it's been quite a growth pattern. Awesome. Awesome. That's uh, you, you know, uh, well, it, that, that's just kind of that shows you that, that exponential growth, you know, you keep at it and it's like, yeah, you, 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 you want to grow it, but you know, it, it, it doesn't grow overnight. It's like, look, this is, this is something that it, it's, it's long-term to grow, but you, if you're playing the game for the long-term, if you're in it for the long haul, it's amazing what you can, you, you know, what you can grow with just, time and effort and being consistent. And like you said, being, being aware of the market and then realizing that where you're at in the market and going, Oh wait, this was the time to really pour it on. Now this is, you know, this is our chance to grow and, and hitting the gas and being able to do it. Uh, that is, uh, that is so, so awesome. That's uh, it. It's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. You know, it, it's it's a it's a long haul. You know, it's a long term race. You know, it, it's uh, and and it's a it's a very good race, and it's a very prestigious race to 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 stay in and to keep going. So, uh, you know, definitely uh, hats off to you for 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 staying in it and being persistent, and you know, growing growing to where you've grown. Uh, you know, it it, it takes some. Uh, takes a lot of effort and a lot of time to, to get to that point. And you got that right. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate what you've been through to grow where you've grown to. Uh, it, it's, it's an impressive feat of where you're at. Um, now, when it comes to your passive investors, when they're, you know, looking to get into a deal or, or, or looking to partner with a company, What's some of the things that should be top of mind? What's what's some of the key points that they should be looking for and looking towards to to make sure that you know they're they're investing with somebody that's going to take care of their money and and really you know what's some of the things that they should be keying into to make sure that they're they're with somebody who who's going to treat them the way they need to be treated. 
You know, the way you frame that question is, is, uh, is perfect because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, if you want to invest in a syndication, you know, what's the, you know, what should you, you know, what should you look for? Should you look for the lowest fees, the highest split, the largest promised return and all those things. And, and really none of that matters. What really matters and what has more impact on the success or failure of your investment is the sponsor you're investing with. And nothing has more to do with their ability to execute more than their moral character and their experience and track record. And so, you know, those are the big things you want to look for when you're looking to invest with a sponsor. You want to attempt to quantify their moral character. That's a little bit difficult to do. It's kind of one of those easier said than done things, but it's enormously important. If you're investing with a thief, I can guarantee you that the outcome is probably not going to be what you'd wish for. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. You know, the second thing I would would say is, um, you know, you want to look for experience and track record. Somebody that's been there and done that uh, will make good decisions based upon what they've been through in their career. Uh, you know, I, I always say that a really good sponsor can somehow finagle the best outcome out of adverse situations, and yet a really bad sponsor can completely ruin an otherwise totally perfect real estate deal. Yeah, it, it's it's look, uh, you know, when 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 you ask that sponsor and they and they go, you know, that okay, what what deals have you had that have went wrong? What have you overcome? Because to me, you know, like, like you said, I mean, an average operator, if they have this perfect deal, they can, you know, that's going to look good on paper that, you know, but I mean, you know, if, if a deal goes super, super smoothly or a property just happens to operate without a whole lot of, you know, issues in firefighting, A, it's probably because because they're being managed and, and overwatched by somebody who has experience. But, you know, even if somebody happens to luck and fall into something that, you know, anybody can run something that, that, that is, you know, top notch and, and just running along. That's, that's easy. Um, it's when you have something that pops up, you know, has, you, you know, you have something that, you know, blindsides you on it. And it's how you recover from that blindside to me that shows so much more about character and, you know, what you're doing. It's, it's not necessarily, you know, um, you know, it's not necessarily being able to run a good property. Good. It's being able to take something that, you know, I mean, it's, why most of us are into the value add part of it anyway is because we have experience in finding small issues and being able to fix those issues. But it's even more important when you have something really big happen, how do you handle that? You know, how do you move Mm -hmm. it? Um, Yeah, exactly. You know, and to your point, you know, when I I was in high school, I thought I was going to be an airline pilot. So I decided to start taking flying lessons. And, you know, I was uh, 16 years old. The ink wasn't even dry on my driver's license yet. I'm out there flying around in an airplane. And, you know, one of the things that they let, you know, what you can do is you fly solo flights. After you've been taught how to control the airplane, you can you fly solo flights where you go up without an instructor and you practice. But you're limited to practicing on, you know, bright, sunny days where the weather is perfect. You, you cannot go out in stormy weather and, and fly around because you'll get yourself killed. And it's the same kind of scenario here. You know, if you, if you don't have a lot of experience, you'll do just fine with your multifamily deal or any real estate investment as long as you're in bright, sunny weather. But when it starts getting stormy, that's where experience matters. And, you know, when you look at the, what's coming up in the markets now, I mean, 
What do you think is going to happen over the next five years or 10 years? Do you think the markets are going to continue to be as sunny as they have been for the last 10 years? Or do you think maybe there's a chance that there's some storms on the horizon? Well, it, definitely. There's, there, there, there are, you, you know, there's, there's going to, there's going to be sunny spots and there's going to be stormy spots. And, you know, it's like, look, those stormy spots, you're going to, you, you know, it, it, this is, this is the time where it's like, okay, uh, yeah, this, this particular, we'll, we'll stay on the, on the, on the aircraft uh, analogy. It's like, look, you know, there's, there's some bumpy weather out there. There's some, there's some weather where, you know, if you're going to get in a flight, it's like, uh, yeah, do you want the rookie who just, uh, you know, has 100 hours of flight time? Or do you want to hop in a plane with this veteran that has 2000 hours? And it's like, yeah. well, if we're like choppy weather and, and, and it's going to be rough. Give me the guy who has experience, you know, it's That's like, right. um, you, you know, um, you, you know, like, like that, uh, what happened in, in New York a couple of years ago when the guy landed the, the, uh, that plane in the Hudson Bay, you know, it's like, well, that's, that's an experienced pilot that pulled that off. That wasn't a rookie on his second flight. You know, it's like, right. you, you know, if, if something, if something you'd, you'd ever want anything bad to happen on, on, on your flight. But, you know, if you do, you sure as heck hope that you have that experienced and knowledgeable pilot, you know, flying where, you know, it's like, you, you know, that the outcome may end up being bad. But at yep. least I had the best shot, <laughs> you know, the best <laughs> pilot that I could possibly have. And that's, that's how it works, right? You don't want the first time heart surgeon. No, 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 definitely, uh, definitely, you know, the, the, the guy who hasn't gotten his diploma yet, I don't want him cutting on me. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what, you know, um, on, on that experience, um, what else besides just you know it, it's uh, it, would would you say if somebody was like kind of a, a newer operator would you say that it would be okay to kind of have that experience as long as they had partners and other parts and pieces of that team in other words kind of like if you have an experienced pilot but your co-pilot's kind of newer you, you, do you feel that that's still you know uh, an okay situation to be in or yeah, sure. I mean, you want, you know, as long as you've got experience there, right. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Do you have some experience on the team and, and some people that'll help you get, uh, where you're trying to go. And, you know, sometimes you, uh, you'll have newer operators that try to go out on their own and they have no support. That's dangerous. Other guys recognize their inexperience and, and partner up with people with more experience. I was the dangerous guy. You know, when I started doing multifamily syndications, I was, I was doing it all on my own. I had no help or experience backup, which meant that I had to learn from the school of hard knocks. And, you know, looking back on it, if I were asked today to invest with myself back then, <laughs> a really bad idea. <laughs> well, see, 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 that's the good thing is, is you've gotten past that and you've realized like, okay, um, yeah, now, now I'm the guy that I want to invest with. Uh, you know, thankfully, uh, I, I've grown to that point. And now I'm the guy that that I want to invest with. Exactly. Um, besides just pure experience, um, what other what other factors like would you say that if somebody's looking over a deal or or considering, you know, they're 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 looking to passively invest in multifamily besides just purely experience and longevity what else what other things would you 
say that they should pay close attention to? I would pay attention to the market where the property's located. You know, or is this in a sleepy market where nothing is really happening, or is this in a market that has uh, above average job growth, income growth, and population growth? Uh, you know, it's hard enough to properly execute a multifamily business plan, but to do so in a in a headwind is is really kind of fighting against the current. If you can do it in a, a market that gives you a tailwind, not only do you have a better chance of success, you have an easier ride along the way. So I I really believe that the market, you know, besides the sponsor's experience, the market they're investing in is probably the next most important piece. Uh, that's going to determine the outcome. Awesome. Awesome. Um, besides, uh, besides, besides the, the market, um, what are, what are some of the other things, um, you know, when they're looking into a deal, um, I guess, I, what what is your take on this? I've heard a couple different people say, you know, in this market, since we're talking this market cycle and where, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, you know, some turbulent times uh, ahead. As far as what class property would you, are, are you guys kind of looking for now um, to, to get into? I mean, are you looking for B class properties, C class properties? Um, you know, what, what is your take on, what would what, what you know? What is the sweet spot that you guys are looking for at this cycle of the market? Yeah, we're we're taking a little bit of a flight to quality, and you know we're looking at some you know A to A minus assets, B B plus, B minus. Uh, we're we're getting a little bit more out of the C class uh, arena. We've never been in the D class. That's just not our business model. Uh, you know when you're my experience has been, and you know, and watching what happened during the great financial collapse ten years ago, uh, people think that uh, C and D properties do better during those times because they say, you know, well, if everybody has to have a place to live, and they say, uh, you know, people will, uh, you know, move down the ladder because they are looking for more affordability, and, and they'll say all those kinds of things. That I just, uh, I haven't seen that to be the case. Uh, you know, in my experience, when the markets are bad, uh, that's when your class A and uh, class B product does better uh, because they can price themselves down and, you know, they're kind of, everybody moves up, you know, your B tenants can move up into an A because they're more affordable. Your C's can move to a B because they're more affordable. Uh, the ones that can't, uh, that stay in the C and the D class because they can't move to the A and the B class. Are the ones that just aren't paying rent at all and what you find is that your c and d's start to empty out and you know i, I used to joke that you know, i had this when i was uh, during the last financial collapse i had a, a property that was a c minus uh, class property and you know, i used to joke that half the units were empty and the other half weren't paying and, <laughs> and that's about how it is uh, but you know boy the a's and b's they were full and uh, you know, they weren't getting the rates they were getting a couple of years ago, but, you know, at least they were staying full. And, and uh, so I think a flight to quality now makes a lot of sense. Okay. So you're, you're on the side of, look, you know, quality, you know, if you're offering a quality, a quality product, then people are going to want to run it. You know, everybody, if you're in a desirable location with a desirable product, people are going to want to move there. 
now, like you said, you know, are you going to be making the returns that, you know, maybe you're, you would make in a, in a great economy or a great market? No, you're not going to be at that same point. Right. But you're still, you, you know, you still have something that is desired and that people will strive to, to try and get to that, you know, they still want to be able to get into that, uh, you know, be able to get into that market and they may see that, oh, wow, you know, yeah, I couldn't have afforded that rent before, but now that, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting for market share, I can step into that product and, you know, and, and I can get into that. So. Yeah. The difference is you, you can live to fight another day where the class C and, and D and D owners are, uh, are, are probably not going to, they're just fighting to survive and, and many of them won't. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for the input on that for sure. Um, what other, uh, what other aspects would you say is, is important when, uh, you know, when a passive investor is, uh, you, you know, is, is vetting an opportunity that they're looking at besides, you know, the, the, the experience and the market, is there any other key, uh, key factor that they should be keying in on? Yeah, they should be looking at the sponsor's underwriting assumptions and, you know, how are they, how are they underwriting this asset or, you know, are they being overly aggressive, uh, which is really common or, you know, are they being conservative and everybody will say they're conservative, but when you really dig into the numbers, you'll find that that term is often widely misused. <laughs> and, you know, so one thing to look for is, you know, a, a, a trick I use is if you look at the first year projection, the first year income projection, and compare that to the previous year's income projection, is there a huge jump? And sometimes you'll see it and you'll, you'll notice, you'll go, gosh, you know, the, the income's projected to increase 20% in the first year. And it's because they're counting on increasing rents by 20%. And you have to ask yourself, you know, if you bought a property today, can you increase rents 20% tomorrow? Or can you begin to implement a 20% rent increase as leases turn over one at a time, which can take the entire year for it to filter all the way through the rent roll? So you'll often see people underwrite as if the entire rent increase they're going to implement is going to happen all at once on the first day right after they close escrow. And it's just physically impossible for you to pull that off. So that's one thing I look for is that huge jump in, in year one income. Uh, the other things to look for is stuff like property taxes. You know, is there, are property taxes properly underwritten for the tax rules in the jurisdiction where the property is located? In other words, some uh, jurisdictions will immediately upon purchase, they'll increase the assessed value uh, to match the purchase price or some fraction of the purchase price. Yet the sellers, uh, trailing property taxes were far lower than that. And you'll often see, uh, you know, people underwriting to those taxes kind of staying the same and they simply aren't going to do that. So, uh, you know, quite a lot of things to look for in operating statements and, and, uh, and, and projections, you know, over estimating vacancy rates and, or occupancy rates and all that kind of stuff. Those are all things to look for. Definitely. So, so, so really if they're out there looking and they see some, you know, some wild swings, be, be very cautious when you start seeing, you know, huge, huge, either, either increase in income or decrease in expenses, you, you know, either way, you know, whatever it is that they're using to, That's right. to make sure that you're, you're, you know, if you're seeing like 15, 20% swings, dig 
dig deeper into that and 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 yeah. you know if nothing else at the very least you know start digging in and asking more pointed questions you know towards those things and and look at it and go hey uh, you know really is this is 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 20% in year 1 really feasible i mean you, you know are we right. really, you know probably it's, not it's pro- yeah. you you might get 20% but it might take you 3 years to get there but you're not going to do it all in the first year it's just not going to happen yeah. It, well, you may you you may get your advertised rents up twenty percent, but That's your right. occupancy is probably going to drop way more than what you're expecting to. You know. That's right. Uh, That's right. You know, and you have some people that are on leases, right? So you you can't touch their rent for another four, five, six, eight, ten months, depending on when their lease expiration is. So you know you have to you know you have to time those with lease expirations and move outs and turnover and. You know, there's a lot of components that go into that. It's not like we're going to close on Monday and on Tuesday we get a 20% jump in rent. It doesn't work like that. Definitely, you know, uh, it just just be be uh, be be watching out for you know what is uh, you, you know just what the underwriting is and just you know pay attention to how how is the property performing and if they're expecting an overnight turnaround, overnight change. You know that that's uh, you know just question that and dig that dig into that a little bit more to make sure, um, you know that it it's going to be you, you know that that their expectations and their promises on what this property is going to do that you know that they that that it, it, it's real and 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 it's something that's in the ballpark of of possibilities. Exactly. Um, what uh. What you have anything else that they should really dig into, or or would you say that the, those are really the key points that that you know if they check off those boxes, you're you're probably ninety percent, you know, and and still, uh, you, you know, I'd say that you know they probably still should have some sort of background, kind of circling back to the beginning of you know, make sure that you're you're doing your your due diligence on their team to understand that. You know, like you said, uh, you know, probably if they're a thief, they've probably left a little bit of a cookie trail, you know, somewhere in their past. You know, um, if you're if if you're investing with you know with an operator, dig into them a little bit. You know, if you're going to invest a big chunk of change with somebody, you know, do your due diligence. Spend a couple of hundred bucks before you invest, you know, large sums of money with somebody to make sure that they and their team are, are, are who they say they are and, and have the track record that they have. Um, you know, that's not saying that there aren't, you know, a, a large number of good operators out there. Just make sure that the guy that you're talking to is one of them. That's right. Um, what other, uh, what other advice, uh, for passive investors besides, uh, you know, besides just making sure that the actual team in the market is there, um, you have any other, any other advice that you would give them considering the, uh, the market cycle and everything that we're in? Well, I think the, the key is to, you know, look for a sustainable business plan, you know, watch out for over leverage. One of the things that really hurt people in the last downturn is they had too much debt uh, on the real estate. So, you know, be careful about being over leveraged and, 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 or having an, improper selection of leverage types. So, you know, you'll see this happen where people uh, want to, they think they're being prudent by putting 10 year fixed rate debt on the real estate when 
their business plan is to buy it and you know improve it and resell it in three years. And then what happens when they go to sell at year three is they find out they have to pay uh, their lender you know a million dollars or maybe even two million dollars. Or we even have one now. It's four and a half million dollars. This guy would have to pay his lender in prepayment penalties to escape you know his long term loan. So you know watch out for debt structure and make sure that the debt structure is. Um, is appropriate for the business plan uh, and also isn't too much debt where you couldn't survive a downturn. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That I, I, I hadn't really thought of uh, throwing that out there to him, but yeah, that makes, uh, you, you know, makes, makes perfect sense to, to match up and look at the, the, the debt on the property and the business plan, because like you said, uh, you know, um, you, you know, if it's a, 10, you know, if, if your financing's for 10 years, but you have that prepayment penalty and you're trying to sell it in year three, like you said, I mean, that's a huge, uh, it's a huge, huge amount of, uh, of capital to have to, to pay out just to, uh, just in financing that doesn't really get you anything. Yeah. And you'll, what you'll find is in their, you know, original projections, they didn't have that prepayment penalty as part of the financial pro forma. So, you know, they're really going to underperform on their returns in a lot of cases because uh, they didn't plan for that cost. And, you know, the simple solution is you can still get 10-year debt, but you could get a floating rate 10-year debt that has a 1% exit fee, which is way less than paying millions of dollars in prepayment penalties like you would on on fixed rate debt. So, you know, fixed rate debt's fine if you're going to hold it for a long period, but if you're not, uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's a hidden gremlin that that you may not even realize. That is, uh, that is awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely pay attention to pay, pay attention to, to, to that debt side. And, you know, I, I guess we'll just do a real quick recap on, on what we've covered so far is the fact of, you know, make, make sure your operator is who they are, make sure that they have the experience that they, they know what that, that they know what they've been doing, or if maybe they're, they haven't that, you know, their team has that, you know, make sure that there is a long track record of experience on the team. Make sure that, you know, make sure that you're, you're looking at the debt, looking at their projections and make sure that they're, they're not making any real wild and crazy swings. And, you know, just, just make sure that the, the, the numbers look realistic because most likely if, if the numbers look like they're a little bit too good to be true, Maybe dig into them and, and, and get a little bit better feel. Um, make sure that this is a market that can serve, you, you know, that, that, that has the, the potential to do well through a downturn, you know, that it still has some strong numbers and it has a strong backbone that, that, that the bones of where you're investing along with, you know, who you're investing with, that, that this is strong and that they're, you, you know, that they're, that their projection their projections are, you know, realistic and on par with, you know, what the historical has been, you know, because, you know, and that they're not trying to speed up and overturn everything in, you know, overnight. Um, there are any other, uh, any other little bits of wisdom that you'd like to throw out there? Geez, you know, we could make this into an 80 hour podcast <laughs> and probably only cover about 10% of, uh, of all I could go into. So I, I think we, we probably have beat enough of uh, enough of it uh, in, into everybody's brains for for now. For, but for uh, now, yeah. uh, what what uh, would uh, I uh, 
what is a way that you like to give back? I always like to give guys a, a, a chance to, to throw out, you know, how, how they like to give back and, and support their local community. Well, the way that, that I did it is uh, with a couple of other uh, of my friends from biggerpockets.com, we started a charity called A Hero's Home. Uh, the website is aheroeshome.org. And, uh, and our mission is, is uh, we're, we're raising money from uh, real estate investors and so on to uh, fund a, uh, a, a home uh, that we're going to have completely fixed up, mortgage debt free, and uh, give that to a deserving U.S. service member, veteran, or first responder. And we're really excited to, uh, to do it, and I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Awesome. Awesome. That is, uh, that, that is, that is so amazing. I have a huge, huge heart for, um, you know, our military and our first responders, you know, uh, you know, people who lay their lives on the line daily to protect us and protect our freedoms. Um, I have a, such a huge, huge heart and huge, uh, just love for, you know, everybody that, that puts, their life in between me and harm and danger. Uh, I am I'm right there with you. Extremely grateful. So that is an amazing, amazing um, charity and cause that you have there. And I, I, you know, I hope my uh, listeners are able to uh, to look that up and give you some support. And and if nothing else, you know, spread spread the word and let them know that hey, this charity is out there, you know, just support it however you can, whatever you can. And, you know, just sharing and letting, letting your, your circle of influence know about it is a huge help for all charities. So, you know, exactly. even, even if you can't, if you're not in a position to be able to financially help, spreading the word and letting people know that, that, that it's out there, that it exists, and, and that there are people doing this goodwill out there please, you know, share and let make sure everybody knows that this charity exists and, and that it's out there and, and the good that they are doing. Um, Brian, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, how can my listeners get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is either uh, on biggerpockets.com. I'm, I participate all the time on the forums and you can send me colleague requests and and messages through through that site or through our own site, which is praxcap.com. It's P-R-A-X-C-A-P.com. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate you being on the show. And until next time, thank you so much. Thank you.